This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genazit Hayed. This is a toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture only on lineupmedia.fm. Genazit, Genazit, Pai Luis in Spisek, my friends. What a beautiful day today, Brian. It's been fantastic. Well, there's something happening, and it happened today, and, uh, it's really historical because today, Ser Sargisian, the prime minister of Armenia, resigned. He resigned uh, with the majority of the population in Armenia discontent of how the government leadership was being run. The masses spoke, and Sayers heard them. Thank God he heard them. It was time to go, and uh, he resigned today. And I think yeah. that's... I got to say, there was no death. There was no uh, hurting each other. I'm sure there were there were individuals that got hurt. I read there were a few arrests from yeah. some rowdy protesters. But, yeah, nobody. there was no, like, real physical alter. No, and the protesters uh, had a claim. I mean, uh, the people spoke. They, they, they didn't want someone that was just the president now become the prime minister without a vote. And that's just not how it's run. If you're yeah. running the whole show and you're saying it's democracy, then do it right. Exactly. Do it right. And uh, I'm so happy for Armenia. And, you know, my my feelings, folks, and uh, I've, I've gotten some emails, I've gotten some messages from you out there that listen to the show and saying, well, how about that? Your guy's gone now. Not my guy. He was my prime minister or he was my government and I was just showing respect and again I don't live there I don't know what you guys are going through and God bless I hope all of you are you know whatever what, whatever we find now we find together and I, I I'm for it I'm for it I just didn't want to see any Armenians hurting Armenians I didn't want to see bloodshed that was my whole thing that that's it. That's it, Brian. I, I had no agenda. I mean, Sers is not my uncle. Yeah. He's not my relative. I I wished him nothing but the best to take care of the Armenian people. Yeah, that's all I wished. And uh, and now now we don't have a prime minister. And uh, now hopefully, I heard the Armenian Parliament still votes on this, and that's got to be changed. I think the vote should come from the people. If you're going to rely on the parliament, these are the same people that put Sarah's in the power. Mm -hmm. So now you almost have to go the other way and maybe change that article in the parliament saying that, hey, everyone gets to be elected by the people. That's yeah. how it should be. If if not, then we're going back to the same old cliche, same old BS. Mm -hmm. We can't have that. We Cannot can't have, have that. So uh, it's a happy day. And, uh, again, props out to Sayers, too, on this, because, you know what, when you see a problem, when it's getting bigger and bigger, you have to do something about it. He had two choices here. He could have gotten violent, 
which we've seen in Syria, we've seen in Ukraine, we've seen all over the goddamn world what they do there, but not our people. Our little Usk, our little Armenia said, no, we're not going that route. He's seen the problem, and he said, it's me, I'll leave. If you're not, if I haven't suited you to what you wanted in this whole thing, which, you know, be honest with you, you have it. And uh, the people said it's time for you to move on, and he has chosen that route. Mm -hmm. In a peaceful way, life will go on now, and hopefully, hopefully we get our prime minister. I don't even know why the hell we need a prime minister. We got one president for a little country. That should be enough. I don't know why we got to get a prime minister. That's a whole nother show on that. But. In any case, uh, that that's a big deal. Ser Sargisian is gone. We have a we have a prime minister now. That's a vacant spot, and I hope to God people choose very carefully and use your wisdom and believe. You know, here's the thing too, Brian. What was really scaring me was while this is happening, there were reports that the Zeris. Azerbaijan was forming uh, tank divisions and everything. They're going to hit us if we got into a war here. It's civil yeah. civil clash. Yeah, waiting for that opportunity to. It's to it's like a snake. In, you know? yeah, yeah, it's like a snake that's going up. the 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 uh, The birds are fighting and they're leaving the nest wide open there. Exactly. That's what was happening, and uh, we got together. And uh, the hell with you, Azeris. It's not going to happen. Even the, even the bad side of the Armenians realize, and then when I say bad side, let's just say not the popular side on this, knew that it was time for a change. Something had to go. The armies, everything, the, uh, the police, the armies all were together in on this, and uh, everything worked out. Knock on wood, that's what we needed. And uh, God bless the people. And uh, I tell you what, a shout out to Nicole. Pashinyan, I hope I said that last name right, Pashinyan. You know, he was the he was the forefront in this and uh he was the guy that was uh the masses were following and uh he didn't get violent, he didn't do anything uh, crazy. I, I mean, he, he did it right. He mm-hmm. did it right. He did the old Gandhi way and it paid off. So, you know what? God bless to you guys and uh hopefully let's take our time and let's find the right person for the job here, and let's just not jump the gun and uh, put some yo-yo in there either. Okay, let's let's really think about this. And and you know what? It doesn't help bringing that old regime. I don't want you want to hear about that Levon guy coming back or anything like that. Uh, we need new blood in there, someone that really cares about Armenia and that has no agenda. That's what it's all about. And uh, hey. I was in uh, L.A. over the weekend. Yeah. I was in L.A. over the weekend, and uh, we did my uh, friend's uh, very good friend, my brother out there, uh, Ada Avakian. He he had his birthday out there. He became 50. Oh, wow. Became 50, and uh, it was a beautiful weekend, man, and I'm sorry. I, I know I got a lot of people out in L.A., but it was only for a weekend. I, I, I couldn't really extend out, and uh, I, I didn't even see my cousin, you know, and uh, so, you know, I, I'm sorry about that. I didn't call you guys or anything when I'm in L.A., but, uh, again, it was just for a Friday and Saturday, and I was leaving Sunday morning, so I had a great time. 
what a great time. We hear some live music, dancing. It, it was a damn good time. And it, it was great seeing cars drive by. You had the Armenian flag with the <laughs> American flag on it, too. So, anyway, another sh- big shout-out to Ara. Hey, had a great time. And uh, God bless and happy birthday, my brother. Brian, our guest this week, Telma Gazarian Altoon. She is a big Ultra marathoner. Yeah. I can't even say that, by the way. I can't I, even say ultra Just saying ultra marathon sounds like it hurts. Yes, yes. Uh, Telma, how are you? I'm good. Very well. Thank you very much. You know what, Telma? This is uh, our friend Robert. We interviewed him last week, and he said, you guys got to have my friend Telma on here. And uh, I read everything about you. Wow. Wow. I, I'm telling you, I did not even know stuff like this existed i thought it was like the only thing i could think of something close to this like you run 30 miles you get on a bike for 40 miles and then you swim 15 miles something like that but i didn't know that there was something like this that you guys are running or jogging what 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 i don't know what you call it but it yeah this is like 100 yeah. miles 150 200 miles so, uh, this is incredible Thanks. Yeah, it's a sport, and unfortunately, we don't have Armenians in this sport. I've, you know, um, I thoroughly enjoy it. It challenges me. Um, I've ran my whole life and competed my whole life, so um, my running led me to it, to the sport. And uh, yeah, it's, we run long distances, and you, you do this in the mountains a lot, on trails, up to 100 miles at a time, nonstop, or over 100 miles, and. Uh, there's a whole, you know, science to it. There's the nutrition and and um, the gear and all of that. So I don't know how detailed you want to uh, talk about that stuff, but it's basically an endurance challenge. It's uh, a lot got to do with your mental strength and ability. And I just like to be pushed. And honestly, I feel like it's my duty because as an Armenian, we don't have any in the sport. I just feel like at every race, it's my duty to continue and shore flag and cross each finish line and do the hard races and be seen and heard it's very important i think for the next generation to hopefully have better faster quicker and younger runners come into the sport and represent us yeah that's that's great that's beautiful now you run all over the world uh can you tell us a little bit about that where you run and all that um, yeah, I, I pick races that are important to me, that are my dream, or I've, you know, I've wanted to do um, because of location or difficulty. And, um, yeah, I've competed um, in parts of uh, Europe, France, Italy. Uh, they usually have a lot of trail races in the mountains. And so I, I go there and I represent our flag and I do that. Um, some I've done well, some I've struggled because, uh, running in the Alps is really hard and difficult and you know we have mountains here so training is doable but it's never the same mm-hmm. um, um, I've run out of state I've done a major race 176 mile stage race in Utah that stretched from one part of the Grand Canyon to the next part the entire Grand Canyon basically mm. on foot uh, that was amazing um, um, yeah but uh, I'm most excited about the next race that I have, um, which has really been a race that has been in my head and heart since I was around 17, 18. 
when I was running in competitively in high school and then in college, my coaches used to talk about this race. It's called Badwater 135. Wow. It's 135 miles. Yeah, it's actually in, you know, not far from here. It's in Death Valley, but it's held in July. It's considered the hardest uh, foot race on earth because of the conditions, you know, because you'll get to 120 to 130 degree temperatures and you have to run through it nonstop. Um, it basically starts um, below sea level, 280 some odd numbers below sea level at the Badwater Basin. It goes through roads. It's all on pavement, on mountains. And um, it goes up to Whitney Portal, which is around 8,300 feet high. So it goes from the lowest to the higher uh, point of Mount Whitney, but um, it doesn't go to the summit of Mount Whitney, though. So, um, of course, this race has been around. It's an international race. It's been around for about 40 years, and we've never had an Armenian do it, and they're very selective with who they want in this race, and I feel extremely privileged to wow. have been chosen this year as one of the 100 athletes. They pick the top 100 each time, you know, a lot of uh, athletes apply, from what I've heard. It's a couple of thousand a year apply, only 100 annually get taken. So I'm very lucky, very fortunate, and happy to be the first Armenian. So you bet I'm going to have that flag with me oh <laughs> the entire time. I'm so, so proud I'm of you. I'm so, uh, I'm so proud you. of you. That is so beautiful. Uh, when you run through these uh, European towns and all that, uh have you ever yeah. come across uh, any Armenians that have seen you with uh, having the Yera Queen on? And so that's that's one no. of ours. No, unfortunately, no, because um, uh, one of the races I did, which is UTMB, and it starts in France in Chamonix, and then it literally takes you through the Alps. So you go through France, uh, you go through Italy, Switzerland, you come back around to France. So you cross three borders. Uh, that race, you know, some of these races, because they're in the mountains, the majority are heavily into those mountainous and villages. When you run through cities, it's tiny villages. And no, so it's not like um, major cities where you could run into an Armenian. So I never do. In fact, on starting line of that race, I got asked, what flag is that? And I had to explain. Oh, <laughs> and when I said Armenia, you know, a couple of Italians had no clue. And and I had to explain where geographically we are, who we are, and they were kind of amazed I was there. So, uh, no, unfortunately, I haven't ran into Armenians. But, I, you know, I, my Iraqin is, is is apparent and yeah. obvious and in people's face everywhere. So That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. When you're running, and you know what, you just saying to me right now, bad water and Death Valley, yeah. that right there, I mean— uh, <laughs> It's a big red flag to me. I, I, I mean, I just can't get yeah. into it, but that, that's your gig. And when, when you're running like this, Thelma, how, how long, I mean, besides the physical fatigue, when does the mental fatigue of something like this start kicking in, too, to where you got to battle the inside yeah. of you as well? Um. Yeah, one runner, uh, ultra runner, wrote this perfectly and said that you go through the emotions of an entire life during an ultra. And that's so true because from the beginning to end, first there's a lot of mental prep prior to getting into a race. When you know you have 100 miles to do 135 miles and you know the condition is in, in advance, you obviously mentally prepare to get to that starting line. So you're not getting there on a negative. You're getting there hopefully on a positive. But 
yes, you go through a lot of mental um, anguish and a lot of mental highs. I actually, my highs become really high. I could be for several hours on such a high where I'm just rolling. It feels really good. The physicality and the hormones are pumping. Everything's great. And then, yes, there's times mostly going through a whole night, a 24-hour period, when everything drops. And that's also um, physical and hormonal. And if, you know, you don't take enough sugars and salts, those also affect your brain function. And and that happens where you fall into an abyss, where you Mm -hmm. really feel like, I can't do another step anymore. And you you feel that way in pretty much every race, however well you're running, where your placement is, or how strong you are, how fast you are. Every athlete in, in the sport feels that. Um, but to push through that wall and then get on the other side of it, that's the, the, the extreme that feels so good. It's, it's really the peak of, of, yeah, it's a physical peak. Well, it's the epitome. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, do you, Talma, do you, do you look at, I mean, I would want to be running next to someone and, you know, just uh, if I'm by myself uh, running on this uh, road, uh, that's got to play a little role in you too. I mean, it's, it's harder yeah. as an individual, but when you see someone from a distance or you see someone behind you, it makes it comforts yeah. you a little bit knowing that hey I'm I got something going on here. But if you're by yourself, that's yeah. got to be much more d- difficult on the brain. Of course, and there's remedy within the sport for that. It's called having a pacer. So uh-huh. um, yeah, the the physical toll and the the mental toll on your brain is extremely high. Not just the amount of focus for those many hours, whether it's 20, 30, 40, 50 hours of it, but just, you know, the brain itself, it's just, yeah, it wants to shut down and not do it anymore. But when you do have another human next to you, after a certain point in the race, like the last one I did, it was Chimera 100, and actually locally in Orange County Mountains, it had 24,000 foot of gain climbing and then 100 miles in the mountains. And, uh, yes, I had a friend that came in there at around mile 42, 45, and he paced me to the finish. That means he ran with me alongside me to keep me lucid, making sure my, my, um, I'm taking my sugars, electrolytes, my eating is on top, you know, all the calories are in place, and that I have someone to talk to and don't feel alone and completely, mm. you know, excluded because your brain can play games with you and shut you out so quickly. So, yeah, he kept, kept me lucid and happy to the finish and even pushed me and I made second place in that um, uh, race. But yeah, the pacer role is critical. I am going to have a pacer. Actually, I'm going to have three pacers at Badwater 135 in July. So um, each of them will be taking turns. I don't want to wear them out in the heat, um, but each of them will be doing a mile here, two miles there, three miles. It, this is a different race because of the massive heat. I don't want to fry them so quickly that they just can't help me anymore. Um, I, I want them to do small pieces at a time with me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's very important. There's been races where I've done without uh, a pacer, and there are times you're alone in the mountains for up to 10, 20, 25 hours, and the next human you see, you're just so happy to see a human. <laughs> I would be, too. And living and, and connecting to the human. Yeah, it's, it's 
crazy, but you, you, yeah, the brain needs that. You definitely need that. Yeah. You, you know what was really funny about that? What you just said. You're worried about frying the person helping you run here. You're not even thinking about <laughs> yourself, and uh, you're yeah. saying you're saying I got to keep them. Uh, fit i i mean that's that's saying yeah. something that's this is 135 miles and i guarantee you those shoes will be hot i mean uh this it's oh. called death valley how many shoes do you go through on yeah. one of these i you know i'm gonna pack several pairs i'm actually breaking in larger pairs right now i usually wear a size larger because when you run these distances your feet swell regardless of the heat so I usually wear a size larger, and then after mile 50, I usually change into two size larger. Uh, but for this race, I'm going to have up to three sizes larger because the heat will definitely um, uh, uh, make my feet bigger than uh, normal. Uh, but, yeah, there's uh, from what I've read, there's 160 Fahrenheit coming off the, just the pavement. Wow. So, um, yeah, the feet get really hot. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hot there. It's like... When you open an oven and you're cooking and you put your face in there and oh. you feel that heat, that, that's how it is the entire time. So it Jeez. will be suffocating. <laughs> <laughs> that I will have rough. to have yeah, eyes on major arteries um, to keep the body temperature uh, cool enough where I can keep pushing. But um, uh, yeah, my goal is uh, right. Well, my initial goal with this race was to get on the starting line to be accepted as an Armenian. And so now that's done. I feel really good about that. My next goal is to finish it. And my plan B and plan C is to basically do really well, hopefully, uh, hopefully make top 10. Although there's some really strong athletes, women. Uh, oh, I'm in this sure. Race, but I'm I'll sure. do my best. Now, uh, yeah. now on this note too, uh, how, how do you even train for something like this? If, uh, I know the distance that, it's 135 you don't actually train for 135 i mean you're you're training right now what 10 miles or 15 miles i mean when you get into that 135 you're still training uh but you're not really going to the race level though you know it's it's no, tough yeah, no, you never do the race amount. Actually, in fact, you have to be really careful to only do 85% of it if, if you have a long run. Or I do have another race in two weeks that I'll be two, three weeks that I'm doing to prepare for this, but it's a short 50 mile race. So I won't be pushing beyond 85% of the mileage of the actual race um, in preparation. But yeah, on a weekly basis, I there's you know, a uh, certain mileage I try to hit every week and I do long runs um, on weekends back to back. So I, I'll do like a 15, 18 miler. Next day I'll go do 20, 22 or, you know, and I'm increasing that as I go. I'll hit 30, I'll hit 35. And then, you know, back to when you do them back to back, you build the miles, you keep running on tired legs. Um, and that's what builds you to be able to, to, to do the long distances. Um, sure. but I do also go to the gym. I don't just, uh, just run. I, I, am in the gym. I'm weightlifting. I'm doing squats, lunges. I mean, this is, it's all the time. It's training is all the time. So it, it yeah. consumes my life. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, that's what my next question was. It's got to cut down on the social life too. I mean, you're so involved and entrenched with this. This has got to be uh, a 24 yeah. seven type of deal. It's, it's, 
hard. It's hard being a mom of two kids and working full time and doing this. It's hard. I have my early mornings. Um, I have my late night runs. But, you know, I, yeah, I, I in the lunch time, I'm in the gym, you know, lifting or doing my other cross training. Um, it, it's very time consuming. And I do try to be social and and entertain and do, you know, uh, do well with our culture of doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, before a big race, it gets hard uh, a couple months leading before it also. And, and this one, since it has such a special place in my heart and I feel that I need to do well for all of us. Um, I, yeah, I'm putting a lot of things on the side to, to, to get this done. Make so. this happen. Sure. Uh, yeah. I read on, uh, one of your, uh, uh, bios there that uh, you gave up endorsements on your on your shirt on the, what you're wearing when you're running to wear the Armenian flag. I, I thought that was beautiful. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I had a few companies approach me. I don't, I don't know where you read that. That's very interesting. <laughs> I haven't told that to many people. Um, we I found it. We found it here at Armenia yeah. Proud. Go ahead, oh, go ahead. Wow. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Um, but, yeah, no, I I was approached. Um, I was a very competitive um, uh, athlete, obviously, in college at USC. And and um, after college, I did a lot of road running, and I was pretty good at it. And then after having my kids, that's when I jumped into ultras in my 30s. Um, but, yeah, I, I was approached with a, a few companies, um uh, electrolyte or water or other type of um, brands that came up and they, yeah, it was, they wanted to endorse me or have me, you know, have their products, eat their products, drink or wear their products. But, but obviously I had to um, represent us. It was a us athlete type thing. And, and I said, I won't. And I, I don't. Um, so, yeah, I stuck to my guns. And uh, it's isolated some of com- some companies, but I, ca- I don't care. I've had other companies follow and and send me their, you know, items to wear. And they're fine with me with the Armenian bit. And I do that. So it's, uh, yeah, no, it's very important to me. Um, Bravo. It's Bravo, very, that's I, beautiful. You know, it's, it's 30, 40 years or 50 years from now, you know, when an Armenian girl wants to do the sport and knows about it more and it's more public, um, I want her to know that there was someone that did it and could and so can she and, and even do better than me and faster than me. So it's very important. Is there a future that you're seeing possibly Armenians doing this? I mean, you did this... <laughs> In Armenia, too, didn't you? I mean, you did run in Armenia as well. Yeah, one of my dreams, you know, growing up and running, competing here, um, and always feeling like I'm the only Armenian on this, you know, college team. I'm the only Armenian on this high school team. I, <laughs> um, you know, and, and preaching about the sport because I have such passion for it. I, you know, yeah, it's... Um, one of my dreams was to run in Armenia one day, but I know they don't have races there, especially ultras. They don't even know what that is. Um, but I do good for Armenia on the side, um, and I thought to bring it together, I used actually Robert Asarian's um, organization was the platform at which he allowed me to use as a fundraising 
to bring attention to the trails in Artsakh. Um, and there's a ancient trail in Artsakh that runs from Vardanis, Armenia, through the entire heart of Artsakh, and it ends at Hadrut, which is the southernmost uh, village in Artsakh. And this trail is just uh, uh, beautiful and gorgeous and scenic and incredible. And no one knew about it, and I thought, what a way. I get my wish of running in my motherland finally and sweating and pouring some tears and sweat on that soil and also bringing attention uh, to that trail for the world to see and to go. And Robert Asarian and my intention is to boost ecotourism there, which we think will um, will benefit the villagers in Artsakh and have them stand up on their feet. And uh, it sounds cheesy, but it literally will save lives because they need the transparency and the traffic and the foot traffic so that the Aziri can't um, continue their aggression and murder and slaughter the way they have been. So um, in essence, it was a very important thing for me to do. It wasn't uh, the athletic achievement that attracted me. It was for doing good and for the trails. Um, wow. So, Yeah. We went there and we ran the whole thing, and it was um, we we had some struggles. We had nutrition and uh, navigation struggles. All that was there, um, but I felt that the purpose we wanted to accomplish was accomplished. It really got written about, shown, and on top of that, uh, uh, it got the attention of a very well-known race director, Chris Kaufman of Ad- Adventure Corps, um, who actually. Uh, holds the bad water um, races, the 135. Um, he he got really interested in the trail in Artsakh. And, oh, my. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, for a possible overseas yeah. uh, adventure race over there. So I, I can't be happier and prouder. I just, uh, I'm working towards hopefully pushing that forward and giving those villagers our brothers and sisters there to a lot to to look forward to hopefully so oh, that's yeah. a, again again that that's that that's something that you know you're you're running and it's kind of like you're looking around and thinking man this this is this is my history i mean just just the yeah. just the whole thought of there were once great armies and j- just so much history yeah behind it all it had to be it had to be incredible it was very emotional i you know in my my ultra runs and races i'm so um professional robotic and i just go through it even when i come through villages and see people yelling for us and whatever it's just yeah i just keep going but here it was very very difficult um when the villagers came out to see me because they were notified that there is a runner coming and they've never seen anything like it before in their lives, I, you know. And these village, it just, I sobbed like a child. Um, it was, the children came up to me, the parents, they were thanking me for, for putting attention on them. And it was so hard to keep going and leaving them behind because they had a schedule to keep and media and everything else. It was brilliant, but at the same time, very difficult emotionally. I cried for the first yeah, I think 60 miles nonstop. And 
I took some uh, immensely emotional, wonderful photos with the children. And it was like seeing myself and my brother when we were kids. I just, you know, uh, it was odd. I looked at the soil and I thought, this is mine. It's, it's mine. I'm running on my soil for the first time. I'm not a guest. This is mine. And it felt great. It felt great. Um, I looked at the horses and I thought, are they Armenian too? <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was really, it, it would hit me every so often. It would hit me where I am. It was wonderful. Well, I tell you <laughs> what, pal, get- you got my hair standing up. Yeah. That was beautiful. Uh, I, I love yeah, hearing that because yeah. that, that was a yeah. great description of the people in Armenia and Artsakh. I, they're so warm. I mean, there's, they're so, yeah. they, they love, they love seeing one of us, and it's it's a it's, it's kind of it's a countryman type of thing that I don't think a lot of people have. A lot of countries have, but I, for us, I it's think different. Our culture is just, yeah, we're just so warm. Our culture is just so warm and loving, and, I, and every minute I was being asked to come in for tea, and, you know, I, I kept saying, I can't, or some vodka, or some, you know, uh, gata, or <laughs> right. and, and uh, it was wonderful, but I, I got invited by the president of uh, Artsakh, uh, Sahakian, uh, Bakwa Sahakian, to go in there, and oh, great. wanted to meet. Yeah, it was, I was very proud, and my parents were next to me, and the, what he said to me was, just brilliant he um um he said it teared me up he said you've been running your whole life and you finally made it home and and it was so so i just it um hits the spot it hits the spot really does in his office i was bawling i thought oh no keep it together (laughs) I don't think we could either. I mean, that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, you've been running, and you finally you finally got home. That's 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 yeah. perfect. Now, the, the yeah. Armenian Hikers Association in Armenia, how are they affiliated with you? What are you guys doing? I know you said something about uh, uh, the trails and yeah. all that. Uh, how? Uh, w- what is the future projects uh, working with uh, this group here? Yeah, they're honestly they're. Um, they're one of the greatest bunch I've ever met in my life, and I have so much in common with them. Um, they're like brothers, sisters to me, and we have such good intentions together. And I, my involvement with them is I'll help them with any project however I can, whether it's fundraising, whether it's doing. We, um, they actually have been working on trails in Armenia, um, putting signs and posts trails, uh, maintaining trails, uh, fixing trails so that tourism can increase, which brings, you know, um, money, you know, growth of economics um, in Armenia. But now they're also focusing in Artsakh, doing the same, putting posts and signs and replacing a couple of bridges that I crossed on my knees because I was really afraid of falling. Uh, There was one particular bridge that was 15 feet high with major rocks and river under it, and uh, it was just a few logs, you know, shaky logs, and I had to cross, and I was not going to walk on that. And there were no ropes on top to hold, so I literally crawled on it, and I'm afraid of heights. So they're replacing that. They did the plans, and it's being replaced, which makes me really happy because if we have an event or um, or anything else on that trail um, by this uh, American um, race director that's interested, it would be, you know, uh, I would feel more comfortable that the athletes would be safe. Um, 
But yeah, no, AHA's doing wonderful things. And uh, we actually came back from the trip. One of the things that really hit me hard that started my crying uh, the first 40 miles was this one child had heard about me. And in Armenian, um, he, she, he was literally the first human I came across in the, in the village of Tsar. Um, when I w- ran in, um, he ran towards me really fast and said, I've heard about you. I knew you were coming to see us. And he said, um, I don't have a bike. I love bikes. And, and uh, next time you come, can you bring me one? Oh. When he said that, he just left. I, I, it just started. The waterworks... <laughs> so honestly, yeah, days later we're done with the whole ordeal. This just never left my heart. And when we came back, I told Robert, I said, we, we got to do something. This is not, I can't sleep like this. So, um, yeah. So Robert said, don't worry, we'll do it. And I said, can we get on bikes? You know, can, can we do that? At least just for that village. I'll make sure, you know, every kid gets it. You know, what do we need to do? And Robert said, I got it taken care of. So basically, AHA managed from here. Their contacts in Armenia. We bought the bikes with some of the money that we I raised and uh, through the run. And we, there were seven kids in that village, and each kid kid got a bike, a brand new mountain bike. And uh, they were given helmets, and and we got pictures. And then the families contacted me. It just it was wonderful. So. Yeah, yeah so you know, like yeah, that yeah. that kind of Telma, that type of uh, uh, thing that you just did. I mean, that you can't ever leave that. I mean, that's part of your that that's that's like a trophy. Yeah, that's on. Yeah, it yeah. is. It is, and I'd like to continue. Robert and I intend to meet up more and continue it and do that for every village possible for every kid in every village and not just do one village but um yeah i'll be working with aha is doing wonderful things their projects are um really things that i believe and have faith in and i trust robert uh a lot and um we have the same goals for our motherland and yeah i'll be working with aha a lot so that's great uh i just got this yeah. uh from uh, Brian, one of our producers out there gave it to Brian. How long does, okay, you're 42 years young, and how long does it take for your body to recover from uh, a run like this? Yeah, um, good question. Um, yeah, each of them vary. Um, um, the mountain runs, I feel that I recover quicker because they're on trails and it's softer on your bones and joints. Uh, joints. Uh, but uh, uh, this uh, Badwater 135 will be a different story because it's all on pavement. I'm sure my recovery will be slower and much more painful. Um, but normally, after a 100 mile or within a day or two, I'm fine. Uh, my body's conditioned for it. So it's not like I go in receiving punishment, you know, with nothing, you know, no preparation i'm prepared i'm strong going in and i'm well rested going in i taper off and rest really well before going in so my body's ready for the beating but then it bounces back pretty fast so after a hundred mile race usually within a day or two i'm back and honestly i don't leave days where i just do nothing afterwards the more you move the less uh painful the recovery so i immediately am out walking jogging or on a bike uh, bicycle recovering. 
So um, it's pretty quick. I bounced back. I'm sure that, you know, in 10 years, ask me, I'm sure it won't be the same. But hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, right now, it's all right. <laughs> uh, how much weight do you lose on just one day of running? One day? Yeah, just uh, uh, one of these ultras? Yeah, let's say, uh, yeah, but these are like a couple days, aren't they? Or are they just one day runs? Well, yeah. Uh, the last 100 miles, it took me 30 hours because it was so much. Right. It was 24,000 for the game. Um, it, you know, I try not to lose it. The goal isn't to lose weight, actually. If you lose weight, it's, a lot of it is water. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I do drop a, you know, a few pounds here and there. Uh, I don't starve myself through the race. A race like that, you need to eat from the beginning. Um from uh, they, every five to eight miles or so, they have eight stations where there's high-calorie food. And you actually have to eat from the beginning and never be in a negative. Because once you hit and you're depleted and you're, con- you know, you're continuing your miles to do, you won't make it to the finish line. Right. Uh, you'll hit a wall. Uh, you can never be in a negative. So you start out always um, eating, eating, and positive. And, and so... Um, yeah, it's uh, I. It's not a. Yeah, you try not to lose weight during it and after, but it, you do drop water weight. And you're constantly hydrated. You got to stay on top of that. Is it true you guys eat yeah. a lot of bananas too? I mean, I, I'm seeing uh, maybe uh, that's in marathons, but uh, you guys do the same thing though, right? I mean, a lot of potassium. Yeah, um, yeah uh, bananas are important. Um, I, I get sick of them and I start gagging on them <laughs> so, uh, because ultras are, you know, it's not a two, three hour race. So you have to eat the entire process and time. And there are things that you normally eat in life that you can't eat during an ultra. It makes you want to gag. Um, and then there are times you can't chew on hard things and swallow because there's so much. Uh, mm-hmm. Your body's working so hard to do other things. It's hard to do that. And digestion is hard. So you Drink a lot of your calories also. Um, you, so I, I usually like soft foods. I like natural foods. I don't do processed stuff I, uh, during races. But, yes, the drinking, the electrolytes have to balance with the water. You have to have the salt. But when it comes to food, I love the starchy foods. Um, they have usually potatoes, and then I eat a lot of uh, um salty things um but uh, they sometimes have turkey sandwiches i eat those um but it really depends on yeah it's it's a whole science i can talk for an hour about the whole nutrition it's 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 a whole science but you train your body to get used to it and to process it that way and to eat the particular things to get you through it yeah well that sounds great that sounds great and so this july you're getting ready for this big run uh yeah uh, is there any way that uh, we can get you back on right before, maybe a couple of days before or something like that? Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear how you, you're doing and all that and get ready for this race. Sure. I'd love to, yeah. And also, in fact, you can uh, track me during the race. There is um, The race website has a, a, a link where everybody can track me. I have... Um, I have a GPS tracker on me. Um, We're going to do this. We're going to do this. This will be great. Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice, Brian, that you could track them down while they're running? Wow. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, it'll be like I'm going with you. Ah, that's great. Yeah. Wonderful to have the support. I have to say, um, I have to give Robert Asarian kudos because um, 
honestly, you know, I've done this my whole life, this running bit, and he's the first person in in the Armenian community to come across and blindly and fully and support me the way he does with my my sport. Um, he is the one that thrusted me into his group to let them know what I do, you know, because people usually just aren't interested or don't know and you know, and um, it's been wonderful. And, and he's the support means a lot to me. It it helps me emotionally. He actually said he'll be at the finish line with our flags waiting for me. So I think it's been wonderful, and I appreciate your support too. So. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have fans now from uh, L.A. all the way to Australia. I mean, we, I, I, we've got over 2 million downloads, and uh, they love our show, and they listen, and so they're going to keep – maybe they'll uh, have a tracker on you too, so this will be beautiful. You'll have a lot of Armenians following you and running with you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It would boost me, and I will make sure to go there and be successful for all of you. Well, thank you so much, Thelma. Thank you for being on our show, and uh, keep us updated. We'd love to hear what's going on with your progress. And, uh, again, folks, there's 100 runners invited and uh, out of the whole world, and this is one of, our, one of ours is running here. It's a, this is like Spartans. I mean, this is amazing. I, lo- I love it. Good job, and keep it up, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you so much, Thelma. Thank you, Tano. All right. That's Telma Gazarian Altoon. And, uh, Brian, I can't wait. I'll tell you what. I, I can't wait to see how she does, man. This is a big-time race. Like, I'm really looking forward to seeing like how this all turns out. Yeah. When she told me that there's only a 100 selected. Yeah. That's amazing. That's a the, tough, the, this tough is, race. Yeah. This is like the best of the world meeting here and it starts like in death valley and then goes to like a mountain like I was death looking, valley i was looking up the stats and it's like uh it's like just thousands of feet in the air like because you go from below sea level to above sea level and it's like oh my good and like, did you just, did you also hear when she said your feet become bigger uh mm-hmm. your shoe size whatever you're wearing it starts getting, your foot starts getting bigger. You know you're in trouble when your foot starts getting, mm-hmm. she said three sizes, she has to get a shoe three sizes uh, bigger on her feet because of the running. Yeah. It starts expanding out. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it's there, all sorts of crazy things happen when you start running at that 137. Level. Yeah. And I mean, and you look at things like the, uh, you know, like the marathon, the original guy who ran from, from marathon, you know, uh, like the 21 point whatever miles. It's like, and he collapsed and died. It's like, she's running like multiple times that. Right. Like, right. Over a period of days. And she's bringing these uh, folks on to run like one, two miles with yeah, her. She's bringing and like she's other worried about them. Yeah, exactly. And when you're worried about them, I mean, that, that shows... You're kind of a badass, to yeah. be honest with you. I didn't get to ask her, though. You know how the marathon runners have the sticker on the back of their car that's like the 21 point whatever? It's like, I wonder if she has her, like, one for her, for like the longest race yeah. that she's done, you know, like 230. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> kidding. That was so cool what you brought up, too, putting ArmeniaProud.com on her. Yeah, too. we're, we're, we're going to be working on that one. Oh, my uh, God. So I just got to go and get in contact with our boss and uh, that would be and so great, get it all man. set up. And so. you know what? You're getting all the credit for that one. Well, I'm not. I'm much. not going to 
take any of that credit you the, thought the of one percent of me is very proud that one he's one percent armenian my friends one <laughs> percent armenian and that's a big one percenter <laughs> uh folks that's our show for this week again hey armenia we love you i'm so happy i'm so happy this ended peacefully well we we ousted we as in the people of armenia and uh everything uh, around us you know what it all worked out it all worked out and uh Sers, uh is no longer the prime minister and god bless you know maybe we move forward here in the right direction and uh everything works out from jano brian and again a big happy birthday to my friend ara Genatsit, Kishir Party, we'll see you next week. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at facebook.com slash armeniaproud or Twitter at armeniaproud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.